Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lou Weiss from Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm here today with uh, Dan Burgos, who's the uh, president of Alpha Nova Consulting. And, you know, we know there's a lot of consultants out there, but I think that uh, uh, Dan's got kind of a special story to tell. So, Dan, why don't we give you a little elevator pitch time to tell us a little bit about uh, Alphanova, and then we'll get into what it is that you really do for money. Sure. Uh, first of all, Lou, thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, you know yeah. the opportunity. Um, so Alphanova Consulting, we are a consulting firm that basically works with manufacturers, uh, helping them through operational improvements to bring up their uh, on their operational execution and think about uh, on-time deliveries, quality, uh, their quality rate up to 99% plus. And typically what they see from our services, it's a reduction in cost and an increase in profit margins by 25% plus. Uh, in, in, in a nutshell, that's what we do for manufacturers. That's the end result. Well, that's, uh, that's pretty good. And that's what... Uh... Uh, a, a lot of consultants and marketing companies and uh, 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 social uh, media companies will talk about. But uh, let's let's give our people a little bit more taste about uh, what it is that you're doing. So you have a certain number of principles that you've developed that will give manufacturers the ability to increase their profits. Correct. How do you do that? So everything starts with, uh, we have a formula and that formula, it's a belief, it's a deep rooted belief in our company. And that is, you know, for you to get the ideal results you're looking for, you need two elements. You need ideal processes, but you also need ideal behaviors. And when I say ideal behaviors, I'm talking about leadership behaviors. And so uh, what you'll find is that most people out there that do what we do, the people you just mentioned a minute ago, uh, the focus is heavily towards the processes, helping manufacturers improve their efficiency, create flow, things like that. But what we do that's different is that we complement that by having or uh, sharing with manufacturers the right principles so that whatever changes, whatever the future state is, it's something that's sustainable and they have a culture that really embraces the new principles and they can move forward and be successful without our involvement in the long term. One of the things that, of course, all of us have uh, unfortunately experienced is uh, the uh, COVID pandemic and companies weren't prepared for it. Um, they didn't know what was coming, what was happening and so on and so forth. Uh, fortunately, uh, my company, All Metals and Forge Group, which is a, my primary business, uh, we did have a business continuity plan in place. So when the governor of New Jersey said, March 23rd, 2020, we're shutting the state down, on March 24th, we were up and operational and we had no problem. But there's not a lot of people that had the benefit of uh, understanding that and knowing that. So to that point, what is it that you're suggesting people do today going forward in terms of business continuity? 
Well, right now, the, the main uh, challenges that I'm seeing in the market are supply chain interruptions. And so uh, what I suggest for manufacturers is that they adopt the practice of doing uh, a supply chain evaluation and particularly looking for risk opportunities within their supply chain. Uh, you know, in my work with uh, manufacturers, highly recommend this where you take uh, all of your suppliers and you put them, you have to develop a set of criteria that basically will expose risk. And the risk will come from, uh, it'll be different for, for every manufacturer. Sure. It could be location, it could be uh, performance for the, or reliability for that uh, supplier and so on and so forth. Typically it's five or six of them. And once you uh, complete that evaluation, what you're gonna find is you're gonna reveal uh, you know, uh, areas for improvement in your supply chain. And for, in order for you to uh, prevent that interruption and, 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 and uh, achieve that continuity, you have to address those. That could be uh, strat uh, sourcing strategies or inventory management strategies, or even purchasing strategies that you would have to, to improve. So that's where I would start and then create a plan for that. So in other words, if there's some disruption in our supply chain that will interrupt our business, we have a plan for it so that that interruption affects us as little as possible. So when you uh, are out there uh, hunting for customers or if they're coming to you or whatever, how do you bring them into the fold and tell them that they've got a real problem or they may know they have a problem and that you're going to give them advice on how to fix the problem, evolve through the problem, and come up with solutions? That's right. So uh, typically, you know, we strive to talk to people that are at least open, if not aware that they have a problem. Um, it's We find that it's quite uphill when someone's close to, to the possibility that they have uh, areas to improve. And so we focus on people that are either open or aware. And, you know, our, our, our um, I guess our, our uh, messaging is very uh, self-explanatory, right? We're going to help you improve your profit margins and we're going to do it. We're not going to do it out of thin air. We're going to go and improve your operational execution. That's what it boils down to. And your execution could be because your setups are, uh, your process are not set up correctly, or maybe you don't have the right people to execute them correctly. And I'll give you an example. We were recently working with this manufacturer and we were working actually, they have problems both ways, people problems and process problems. And so we started working on the processes and the process started to improve, but they had improved marginally. Unfortunately, we ended up having to uh, replace some of the leaders. And as soon as we put the right person, imagine what happened. Yeah. The efficiency, the profitability took off because now we had the full formula. We had the right person and we had the right process. Well, when you have a situation that we have going on right now about skilled labor and labor shortage and uh, uh, lower birth rate and so on and so forth. So you have an issue with people. Now, oh, yeah. I, I have a theory about that, and that is that we need to have a better, or we need to have a immigration program. 
So we don't have a bad immigration program. We don't have one. So, but that's a whole other issue. So the point yeah, is, what, what do you do when you don't have the people? Well, uh, the talent pool is for sure uh, very competitive right now. And I'll sure. give you a stat I, I just recently read that said that between now and 2030, the the uh, workforce for, for the manufacturing sector will grow 0.31%. Yeah, it's minuscule. It's minuscule, right? And, and all these companies are growing and expanding. And so the competition is going to, it's going to get harder. So here's what I would say. Here's what I would say uh, your listeners could do, manufacturing companies can do. You'll, there's going to be a combination of things. One, you'll have to uh, compete with, with uh, uh, preventing people from leaving your company. And you know what a lot of companies fail to realize is that the, the talent may be sitting in your backyard. You may have the people in there. And so what I've seen uh, most uh, or, or quite a bit of companies, quite a few companies do successfully is they find what talent do we have internally that we could maybe elevate and bridge that gap. And you mentioned immigration, right? As you know, if you go into manufacturing, there's a lot of ESL uh, type of workers, right? They're, but, but they're good. They have a good work ethic and you talk to them. You can even have a good laugh with them. But, the, but there's a barrier, that's the language. Well, what if you invest in, 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 in language skills or training for these workers and all of a sudden you have somebody that's already in tune, that's within your culture and you like them and you know they have a good work ethic. Uh, there's also, you know, the, the work environments that are out there. A lot of times, you know, we walk to manufacturing companies and it's not an environment where people feel uh, good people feel uh, like it's toxic. And I know that's a word that's being thrown around, but it's unhealthy. You don't feel like when you know it's Sunday afternoon and you're thinking, I got to get to work tomorrow and that's not a good feeling, that, that something's not right. And so that's another area where manufacturers can compete. If you create the right culture and, that, and, and, and the funny thing, Lou, is that you don't need capital investment for this. You have full control of it and if you do it, it goes so far in, in keeping your employees. Uh, I recently was talking to, to the, uh, with a group of uh, workers at this client, and they said some people left. And they were saying, you know, the pasture is not always green. I left for more money. And, and now I miss you guys, and I miss our environment. And, and I'm not really liking what I'm doing. So you give people a second thought uh, or give them a... Uh, uh, a reason to think twice about moving and that puts you in a better position to retain the talent. And then I'll mention a couple last ones. Automation is an option. We're seeing in more and more technologies evolving. So there's one. And then the last one would be, you can become more efficient, right? If you become more efficient, you can reduce the amount of labor through attrition. You may not absorb additional labor. Um, what I don't advocate though is to uh, purposely trying to cut down on labor so you can displace people and cut jobs. That's, uh, of course, not a strategy that's very, you know, uh, employee friendly. But not only not employee friendly, but it really hurts you in the long run. 
it's, it's strange that you mentioned this. I was uh, talking with our uh, CFO uh, today and yesterday about our employees. You know, it's the end of the year. What are we doing to help them out and so on and so forth. And I started looking at the uh, list of employees and how many years and not only years, but decades, some of the people are working for my company. And it, one, it says a lot about your company. If you have people who are with you 5, 10, 15, 20 years, 30 years, I, I, got, a, I got a 28-year, uh, and he's, he's still young, sort of. Uh, you need to have, you can't replace that. And a no. robot won't replace that, even though robotics is uh, the uh, the new thing, sort of. But right. it was the Japanese who invented robotics because they lost a whole generation of people in the Second World War. So they created robotics. We have robotics, but we still need to have people. There are clues to the job that a person knows to do this, that, or the other thing, but the robot won't. So it's really important to help and focus on your employees. And if they're good employees, treat them well, talk to them, be involved, yep. be involved with their issues and their families and so on, which is what we have done over these last three years of COVID that, you know, we've all had our share of employees who've been sick. They've had families that have been sick. You got to give them a break. Yeah, it's you got to be, you got to empathize. That's right. That's exactly right. And I'll tell you a few things that we look for to see where companies are with, with when it comes to that. You know, we look at uh, tenure, like you said, right? If you have people, uh, the more people you have with that long tenure, you know, you have a good environment. We also look at internal promotions, like are your people moving up or are they staying flat? And then you just bring new people uh, at the top every day, uh, all the time. We also look at um, turnover, of course. If your turnover is uh, above the in industry average, again, that, that could be a signal that either the leaders are not creating a right environment or there's something that people are not uh, you know, satisfied with the work environment. It's, uh, it's a tough uh, time that we're living through, but the way to live through it is to work through it and help your uh, employees, help your, um, uh, your processes and so on to can give you a good continuity of business uh, going forward. That's exactly right. I actually was... Uh... Uh, having a conversation earlier today with, uh, with a client and we were talking about specifically what you just mentioned, uh, succession planning, right? You should always be looking at and speaking about continuity, right? Who, uh, what's your bank strength like? And are you looking beyond the person that's holding that key role today and developing grooming, if you will, the people that are already in that know your organization, that know your culture, so that they can assume the next level of responsibility. Absolutely, absolutely. That's how you compete. That's how I feel you competed. There's no fancy uh, solution. It's good old, you know, good people management. 
So what is your, uh, and I think you already said it, so I'm going to ask you anyway. So in terms of operational improvement and so on, what is it that you do, number one, and do you get much pushback from the companies that you go and visit and see and sit down and do assessments of their issues, problems, and so on? How does that work out for you? Well, yeah, so the question is, do I get pushback? Yeah, that, I, we eat that for breakfast, I, I will say. <laughs> Any change manager or, or, or change uh, agent, I should say, will always have pushback, no matter if it's a manufacturing anywhere else. So uh, to answer your first question about what is it we do, um, we work in four areas, Lou. We work in operational improvements, the methodology we use in that is uh, the lean principles that come derived from the Toyota production system, trying to create flow, reducing defects and, and going after waste, all the things that create inefficiency in, in a factory. So if you have poor flow, if you're wasting time, if you're re scrapping parts, all that, all of that, we go after all that. The second thing we do is uh, focus on, on your people. And what we do is we focus on developing your talent internally so that when we disengage, you have the, the foundation there to be successful. And so we look at it in two ways. You're going to have people management skills. No, for example, knowing how to be a, a, a good leader that holds people accountable, that delegates well, that knows how to do real coaching as opposed to just managing people through authority and power. Uh, the other aspect of people that we look at is just basic operations management, right? Uh, functioning through data as opposed to opinion or whatever happened 20 years ago. Let's, let's get the facts and let's solve the problems. Uh, third area is uh, uh, giving you a framework to cascade your strategy. So a lot of manufacturers, they have a plan. They want to get from point A to point B, but they don't always know how to articulate that. And, and furthermore, they don't always know how to engage the entire organization that, so that everybody has the same priorities and everybody's uh, pulling in the, in the same direction. And then lastly, the last area that we work uh, on, it's, it's on culture. Uh, and this is, we, we were just talking about that a second ago, right? We, culture, uh, I always say this, culture seems like this buzzword that's out there. And we try to make it very, very tangible. I have a lot of passion for this because in my uh, work in corporate America, I experienced good and really bad cultures and to the, to the point that it affected my, uh, my physical health because it was so stressful. Mm -hmm. And so we work to help leaders, leadership teams, be intentional about the type of culture that they want to create. I, help, I tell them, basically, we're going to imprint your collective DNA on this culture, and then you're going to put it out into your entire organization, and we're going to put filters throughout your entire human uh, systems so that you attract the right people that fit your culture. You uh, onboard them right, so it's very clear what the culture is. And the people that are already in here that don't fit that culture get the message so that they either shape up or get out. And I know that sounds harsh, but unfortunately, I find that that's how that's the best way to do it. Because if you allow those bad apples to linger, you're just doing a disservice to yourself and all the people in the organization. 
So I'm going to ask a very simplistic question, which you partially answered and responded to. Okay. Explain to me and our audience about culture. Mm -hmm. What is culture? So culture, in uh, the simplest definition I can give you, is the overlap on everyone's beliefs. So picture a Venn diagram, and you have your beliefs that are influenced by your background, your upbringing, your experiences, and so on and so forth. And I have the same. Uh, wherever that overlap happens with the collective, uh, you know, thinking of your leaders, that that small area where there's overlap, that's your culture. Because we all believe it, we're all going to live it, we're all going to defend it and go to war for it. And every day we're going to display that. And so what I ask leaders is come together, let's find that overlap, and let's make that very visible and tangible so that whenever anyone steps in and they don't subscribe to that, it'll all, it'll almost sting you. Like you're saying, oh, wow, I don't fit well here. I don't like this. Like, I don't like people here are highly accountable. I'm a deflector. Okay, I'm not going to fit well here because they're going to bring it to me and they're going to hold me accountable. I got to get out of here. That's what culture is to me. And that's the the power that a lot of companies fail to leverage and it's very inexpensive. All you have to do is work through your, your differences with your leaders, with your peers, and then hone that message in and then put it to work. So that's what we do for culture. Hopefully that answers the question. I think, yeah, it does. And I, I think to some degree, and, and I don't want to overstate this, I don't know if manufacturing management fully understands culture i and that's what i said it's a fuzzy word that's out there but go ask somebody okay and how do you put it in place and how do you uh bring it to bring it to uh to life it, it's not it's not that easy and we try to make it very tangible very quickly you know when if you're a manager and you run a company i, I think one of the best things that you could do is interact with your employees, whether you have five or 10 or 50 or 100. 100%. Interact with your employees, take their ideas, bring them into meetings, strategy meetings. What mm -hmm. do you think your, how do you think that your job or your section or your group can do something either better, different, smarter, more efficient than you're doing. Bring them into the fold. They're the ones who know how to improve things within the culture. Yeah, I like to say always that um, as leaders, we provide the what's, and then we just let our, our the people that work for us provide the how's. As long as we get to the right what, they're going to grow through the process and, and we're all going to get the result we want. Um, it's one thing for me to tell you, here's what I want you to do and do it this way. Uh, but if you go and do it, you grow, you learn, you own it, you're proud of it, and we both win. Well, another point to what you're, you just made is that, you know, our world is changing on a, almost a daily basis. So when management says, do it this way because that's the way my father did it, my grandfather did it. I want you to do it that way. 
but that's not the efficient way, maybe. Maybe you need to, maybe you as the manager, owner of a company, need to understand that, well, you have new technology in the, in, within your manufacturing place, you have new equipment, you may need to listen to your employees because they're the ones on the floor. That's exactly right. The, uh, you know, I feel that a lot of times we fail to leverage the the power of the people that are on the floor. They they live the problems. They're not set out to fail. They they want to succeed, and they've seen the problem a thousand times while you've only seen it a fraction of that. Of course, and they've thought about a solution a thousand times. So they know they I've seen uh, I've interacted with clients where the people are saying, finally, we're seeing some change. We've been asking for this for forever. And right. and you just, you know, empower them and they'll come up with solutions you'll never think about. It's it's that's part of why I enjoy the work we do, because I know that consultants have a can have a negative stigma in some people's eyes. But when you get to collaborate with people, and if you see up here, it says effective solutions, lasting results, effective solutions, it's, it's our belief, don't come with from us. It comes from the collaboration of the client and us. And the uh, uh, lasting results come from the client's ownership and buy-in, and then they sustain it. And that comes from, from internally. Exactly. And, you know, it was well said, and uh, I appreciate the points that you're bringing out. And I know that a lot of uh, our listeners will tune into that, understanding that uh, whether they own a company or they work for a company, that everything that you and I just spoke about is 110% true. And yes. Um, I, I wanted to mention, you mentioned your listeners. I actually, I wanted to ask if, we have a, a sell a performance assessment that visitors can come into our website and take it. It gives some feedback and it talks about all the things we're talking about, you know, operational, your leaders, your culture. So if it'd be possible, if we could leave a, a link on the notes for the show. So listeners, you know, feel. Why don't you bring it up on uh, share screen? Okay. Let me, uh, Hold on a second. Let me bring it up here. Don't mean to put you on the spot, but uh, yeah, you, no. brought, you brought it up. <laughs> okay, so let me share my screen here. I'm pulling it up. All right, so we're going to see how it's done in real live action. Yeah, so uh, if you can see my screen, let me know. Okay. So uh, this is our, our, our uh, website. <clears throat> you can find this uh, on, our, uh, on our homepage. There's a link there. And basically this is a performance assessment. Actually, I'll take you there so people see the whole uh, picture. If you sure. go to our homepage and you scroll down, uh, see it's saying complete our self-assessment to see if you're fair, good, or excellent. And you click here, it'll take you to this page where you can take the assessment. We have it for other industries as well. But basically, once you click here in manufacturing, it'll ask you several questions, 10 questions to be exact. It'll ask you about your customer retention. You basically pick one. Then it'll ask you about your scrap, uh, your delivery rate, and so on and so forth. And, and then at the end, once you put your email, it'll give you a report that basically shares uh, benchmarks. It gives you feedback as to where you stand. 
And this is something that you can start sharing with your people to get buy-in to actually drive change. Because sometimes that's what we need to give people. We need to give people uh, actual tangible feedback so they can start opening their eyes to the reality that they may need to change. And this assessment, of course, is uh, free online. Yes. Absolutely. It's free. It's online. And people get a report. They get a report that's emailed to them. And they get an instant copy that they can just read or print or whatever they want to do with it. And then, of course, reach out to get your input or your uh, key people input so that they can uh, uh, get the benefit of your collective knowledge. Sure. We tell people, if you, if you want to reach out, we can walk you through it or, or give you some, some thoughts. And then, of course, you can uh, do it yourself. Or if you want to talk about possibly engaging us, then we can have a separate discussion. But no uh, obligation whatsoever. Dan, this was uh, this was great. I appreciate your being here. Um, I'm sure that there are people listening to us who are in the place that you uh, know and feel there are a lot of manufacturing companies, especially the small to medium-sized companies who are struggling through all the things that we've been struggling through for the last three years, pandemic, uh, politics, the economy, the, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, I strongly recommend that uh, if you feel that you have these issues to uh, give uh, Alpha Nova Consulting a buzz. And your email, uh, Dan, is? Yeah, if they um, they can reach out at uh, D as in Dan, my uh, first initial D Burgos D B U R G O S at alphanovaconsulting.com. or they can check us out at alphanovaconsulting.com as well. Very good, Dan. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, I I hope that we've helped some people. Uh, I hope that, uh, and, and I want to mention to you that. As you uh, progress going down the road, if you come up with new ideas, new concepts, give us a buzz. We'd love to have you on the show again to talk about it or some of your success stories, whether they're small or medium or large. We'd love to get your message out to the people who have problems in it within their own sphere. So thank you very much. And I appreciate that. Sounds good, Lou. I appreciate it very much. Enjoy the conversation. And I'm Enjoy sure we'll it. soon. Enjoy the Thanksgiving. And I just want to uh, give a word or two to our listeners about uh, Manufacturing Talk Radio and our umbrella company called Jacket Media Co., where we have not only Manufacturing Talk Radio, but we have four or five other uh, video podcasts that are all about manufacturing. Uh, women in manufacturing, uh, economists that are involved in manufacturing. And uh, so tune in to jacketmediaco.com or manufacturingtalkradio.com. And uh, we hope to hear from you. We see you. If you have ideas, suggestions, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you have a particular uh, idea or thought or a concept, we want to hear about it because we want to get it out to our audience, which we've been doing now for 10 years as of five days ago. 
and uh, yeah, 10 years, right. haven't made a nickel, but we're doing this out of passion. So, oh, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Dan, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.